name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. President Biden fell asleep. He fell asleep at a meet. He dozed off at a meeting. Let me tell you something. I'm not saying the uh, president is is kicking ass or killing it in any on any level. I don't know. Um, I will say that the criticism of him falling asleep at a meeting is insane. Here's how many meetings um, I haven't fallen asleep in. Zero. I think I've fallen asleep in every meeting. When you combine a hotel conference room with some short cut carpet that has some weird purple lilac pattern of sorts with tables that have pitchers of water on them and then in front of every seat is a folder that has the plastic cover and some graphic that's obviously done by an intern that has no business in graphics and probably doesn't want to do them anyway. And then the folder is held together with that stick of plastic that's got like, it's kind of shaped like a triangle and it slides over the plant. You know, that whole thing. I just fell asleep four times describing that. That's how freaking exhausting that is. These things are boring. Most meetings are boring. I hate meetings. You can criticize him for lots of things. That's the guy dozed off during a boring ass meeting. Important. Not saying that climate change. Very important. How it's delivered in a meeting, good God. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that he stayed awake for most of it, they should be saying, the headline should be, the president stayed awake for some of that meeting. That is amazing that he stayed awake for some of that meeting. That's, if I were running the news organizations, that's to me, that's clickbait. He stayed awake for even any of it? That's incredible. I'm going to reelect that guy. Nobody, not a normal person cannot stay awake that long. Mm. My wife's birthday was a couple days ago, and I just want to share a quick moment. Uh, we, it was really fun, and I did, I did, I, I got to pat myself on the back. I did, a, I put together a good, like a good thing, and um, got a cake and the, the whole thing. It was pretty good. It was a busy day at work, and so she just assumed we were just going to like do it another day. And I, but I kind of, I kind of brought it. I kind of brought the, I brought my A game, including a, a surprise cake. I kind of kicked ass on it. I'm just saying. Anyways, so I come out with the, with the. Um, the cake and the candle and we're singing happy birthday and you've heard the song and at the very tour thing I go and her name's Lisa and I go and so we're all singing and I go happy birthday dear and I say simultaneously with my 12 year old son who's standing next to me I say happy birthday dear I say mama that's what the kids call her and simultaneously my son who's 12 says Lisa so happy birthday to you. I go, dear mom. He goes, dear Lisa. And we had this moment where we looked at each other and I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? This is like a paging, you know, paging Oedipus because there was something not right. I couldn't figure out what. And frankly, I don't have the funds uh, to bring that to therapy. Like I don't have to, I'm going to have to table it for now. But there was something weird. We kind of looked at each other, glanced at each other. I'm calling her mama and he's calling her by her first name, Lisa. The whole thing was a miss. I just swept it under the rug because we had gifts to, to do and, and cake to eat, frankly. Thank God. Uh, man, that was troubling. I have a little bit of news uh, for people who have probably already gotten this news. That's the best kind of news. And that it is that my race, the Mendocino Coast 50, and this is not an ad or even an announcement because the whole thing sold out and it's going to piss some people off. I got to tell you. I already see it coming. 
but it's happening. I finally got the green light on the race. 2022, I had to cancel 2020 and 2021, but I got the green light permits uh, for 2022. And my deal was that anybody registered for 2020, I would give a free ticket for 2022. And I figured it's been two years. I figured half, maybe half would would come on board and the other would be like, we have, you know, lots of things have happened and we're doing other things. Whoa, like almost everybody. Uh, so the amount of spaces that I have open for the public is now a very small handful. Didn't see that coming. And that's going to just piss everybody off. However, I'm excited that I get to do it anyways. And so I think it'll be okay. If you listen to a first, uh, this episode, <coughs> a few episodes ago, I mentioned the Golden State Trail Classic, who is claiming still to this to this day, by the way, even though I emailed them and said, this is, you know, called bullshit on it. And they said, we'll, we'll run it by our legal department, but never change it, even though they're blatantly lying. But they say, first plant fuel trail event in the world, still says it. Um, which I am now taking to be kind of incredible because essentially what it means is they invented a time machine and went back and erased my race from existence and at least one more, probably two or three in the whole world, just erased them from the map because they we got to invent a time machine to make us the first plant fuel trail event in the world. And so this November, they will be the first plant fuel trail event because I've never had one of my races uh, occur because they erased it. By the way, if you're going to, here's what they didn't do. They didn't even go back and kill Hitler. I mean, they invented a time machine to erase the actual first plant fuel trail events, took those off the map, but didn't go back a little bit earlier. Not by much. I mean, really in the span of the whole earth. A, a drop of history to go back and kill Hitler. Just that's how self-absorbed they are with being the first plant female trail event in the world. Can't be bothered to kill Hitler. It's just weird. The priorities today. I mean, it's just like, what the fuck was up with the Spartan people? <clears throat> oh. Bourbon. It's the elixir of life. It's really not. And in fact, I just did a blog post that's coming out uh, where I touch on alcohol not bourbons but i'm not gonna throw bourbon under the rug it's it's protected thank you to everybody who patreon patreons me and hope you're enjoying the books and small steppers and rancho compassion farm sanctuary upon which i sit on the advisory board support them look for links in the show notes will you okay don't don't bother me with this crap okay although small steppers i do have two spots available for the small step intensive that's true so you can go to smallstepintensive.com and set up a little call if you a free thing like if you want to jump on a zoom with me and find out what it's about then do that or don't i don't it if you're not ready to do it don't do it that's all i'll say let's talk about music it doesn't anybody who knows me or knows this podcast or the work i do knows that uh way back when long after hitler by the way i was a full-time musician now, by full-time, I mean that's what I did. It wasn't how I made most of my living. I made very little amount of money from it, enough to put back into albums and touring and stuff like that. But it was not my career. At the time that I was doing full-time music, I was making a living as an actor. Very weird time, but great time. So a lot of bowling, you know, just that kind of thing. Um, so I quit social media in 2018, which I document in my book, Six Truths, which you haven't gotten it. You should do that. Uh, quit social media and and not on purpose, but 
and so I can say correlation, but come on, causal, right? Cause there's a something I think this caused this to happen, which is I found myself writing music again, and I hadn't written for years, and I have written an album's worth of music. So I've got an album's worth of music. I demoed it all. I just recorded it on GarageBand just to sort of get things down. On a lark, I sent the tracks to my band that are still in LA, the Sid Holman Quartet. The three of the quartet are in LA. The fourth, that'd be me, not in LA. So I sent down a Dropbox folder, said, hey guys, here's some new shit. And what do you think about this? And let me know. Just kind of toying with the idea. Not, I wasn't serious, like, ah, but I was like, huh, kind of like that. Didn't hear back from any of them. Nothing. And I didn't push it. I was like, listen, hey, we've all, you know, we're doing things. We're doing the things. Finally, I get a message, random text from my drummer, Mike, one of the great, great guys ever. And he, an excellent drummer, by the way, but just great guy. And he texts me, goes, hey, let's jump on a FaceTime on the weekend. I got a surprise for you. I have no idea what he's talking about. I'm like, are you pregnant? And I don't mean his girlfriend. I mean, like, literally, are you pregnant? We got on a Zoom call. And he said, I listened to the tracks and his, he had had some family tragedy stuff. And so I just, he just hadn't gotten around to it. It had been like a, over a year, but he finally got to it and he laid down some test drum tracks. So I'm going like, holy shit. So he sends me those tracks. He had taken my demos and put them into GarageBand and put his own drums onto them. And I'm like, oh my God, anybody who listened to the episode last week will have heard one of those test tracks. I'll play another one at the end of this episode. And, um, Anyways, and so uh, he he so he did that, and it sort of got me. I got the juices flowing. I'm like starting to go like, oh my gosh. Well, the publisher of small of Six Truths is called Rare Bird Lit. It's owned by a guy named Tyson Cornell, who's done some PR for my other two books, but he's also a publisher, and so he picked up Six Truths and so on and so forth. Anyway, he co-owns a recording studio, musician, small world, right? Really good player, by the way. And so I emailed him and said, hey. You got that studio. What's what's it going to take? Is this like a possibility? I'm just kind of like putting feelers out. Like, ah, oh, this is pie in the sky. Like, it ain't going to happen. But you know, I can always try. He writes back. Yeah, let me put you in touch with my co, co my partner, co owner. I start talking to that dude. Anyway, it looks like this is like actually a, becoming a reality. Jan- I have dates in January, four days. I'm going to punk rocket. I'm going to drive down on a Thursday, record all day Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the other two guys in the band you know didn't commit mike's been in touch with them i don't know who's gonna play here's my rule on this one i've got friends just people i've known from back in the day they're gonna stop by anybody who wants to stop by and lay on a track we'll do that it'll be a solo album and just players will come in the door and and they'll say i want to play on that song i'll just roll that tape um it's pretty exciting it's pretty exciting and this episode is not to announce that it's not even an announcing thing i don't have any idea what's going to happen to that album once it's recorded, I just don't even care. I want to see if it can actually materialize, literally become material in the world, like the time machine. Mm. But it got me thinking. Because there was a definite shift in my consciousness, if I want to sound like a hippie for a minute. Sometimes I do. When I moved away from Los Angeles... And essentially gave up the career of music. I was burnt out by it. I was definitely burnt out by acting. I had just losing my interest entirely in that whole rigmarole. I had stopped, you know, performing in Los Angeles 
for the most part, there's a documentary in the band on YouTube. If you want to check it out called Roundabout Way, the Sid Hillman Quartet, you can see my face uh, at one of our last, at the last show in Los Angeles. Um, and there was a weird thing because when you get used to defining yourself a certain way and for a certain amount of time, in a way you can get locked into that definition. For me, it was, I'm a singer, songwriter, I'm a musician, I'm a singer, songwriter, I'm a musician. People saw me that way. That's what I was. I made my living acting, but that wasn't who I was. I was a singer, songwriter, musician. When I left Los Angeles, I played some shows up here and around the area, just kind of in the beginning. And then kind of my guitar just sort of went back in its case for a few years. And I'm not even kidding. I small stepped out of that by, you know, getting it out of the case and setting it on a stand and, and sort of having it around. Then I had a step on my list, which was like, pick it up one time a day, you know, one time a day or one time a week at one point. But then, of course, I quit social media and, and the juices started flowing again. I think the two are very much related. Don't care if it's proven. It's just what happened. But I started diving into that part of my life again, and it had been untouched for years, actually for years. And there was an idea, almost a weird, there was a, there was a, there was a feeling in, on some level that I wasn't in a way allowed to be this anymore because I had consciously chosen to not be that anymore. I'd gone back to school, become a nutritionist, and then, <clears throat> you know, formulated my small steps approach and, and become an author and, and moved into that small stepping coaching thing, which has been incredible. But it was very much like a, well, if I'm doing this, then I can't do that. It's either or if I'm either, I'm either a singer songwriter, which was, I was, I was in LA or now I am this thing. And because I'm this thing, I can't do that thing. That's, that's the old me. And this is really interesting to me on about 80,000 levels, because when you're, when I've come across this exact thing, it looks different, but it's the exact same thing. And this is what I mean is if somebody is at a certain level of health, let's say they're overweight for years and that's just become who they are, or maybe they were told messaged by teachers and parents and you're this you're just the fat you know what i've literally i've seen it all you get used to that identity and sometimes losing that identity or moving on to another identity can be it it's an upheaval it's a change it's a profound change from something that you believe you are to something else and sometimes it's hard to make that move and then you let that you got to let that thing go and become this new thing so the idea of identity and definitions has always been fascinating to me because as I'm trying to help people transition to a new way of doing things, which of course I always believe is how they've always wanted to do it. I'm sort of bringing that thing out for me personally, it had to do more with if I'm consciously leaving this thing behind and making a decision to do this thing instead, am I now not allowed to do that other thing? I know it wasn't like a, of course I'm allowed to, nobody's like you, you're not allowed to play music, but it's in my head. It's a, it's a wall. It's a, it's a, it's prohibitive. It's something that's keeping me from that action. It's not anything external. It's not a rule. It's not a law. It's an internal function of my brain saying, that feels weird. This is not you anymore. You can't do this anymore. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough nut to crack because it's, it hasn't left. It's, it is who I am on some... Can you be more than one thing? I guess is the big question. Like I'm doing the thing that I do and I love what I do. I love what I do so much. 
But I think on some level I thought, well, now I have to let that other side, that other life completely go. And now I think that that's absolutely not true. And I remember when I put together my first bio for my book, for Approaching the Natural. And somebody said, and I had mentioned, you know, in my bio, you know, I used to be a full-time actor and musician. And, and this person was like, listen, you shouldn't mention acting or music. Like, it's not relevant to what you do now. You shouldn't, like, nobody gives a shit. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like, nobody gives a crap, like, that I was in a movie. They, like, they don't care. And they don't care that I was, you know, put out albums. It's not relevant to the work. But now I actually think that it is completely relevant to the work because I think we're multifaceted. And I think when we box, either are boxed in by someone else or we box ourselves in, it's very limiting to the experience of life that we may want. That is that we do multiple things, maybe not in the same levels. We do more of one area in our lives and less in these other areas. But to somehow think that we can't engage in these other areas because most of our life is this one thing over here and not this thing over here is insane. I don't think it's, it's not, it's not, how we exist is not who we are as human beings. This whole business of defining is gets in the way of actually us experiencing and doing things that we can even be like super passionate about. Maybe we, the reality of our lives and the the logistics of our lives, children, families, and jobs, and 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 commutes and shopping and doing our taxes. Maybe it it relegates the the stuff of passion to smaller chunks of time in our lives, that's fine. But to say that it has to go away because it's not who we are, it really is a short-changing kind of statement. And it's and, and and I think that the what happened is is when I made this move to like to actually have a conversation with a guy who owns a studio. And we, we got down to brass tacks, like, okay, what kind of like, you know, we're talking equipment, I'm such a nerd that way, like what kind of equipment and I've got my things and he goes, listen, we got all this stuff down here. You don't have to bring anything. Just drive down. I've got guitars down here. I was like, well, I have to bring my guitar for crying. You know, this whole thing, it was like kind of exciting and it was, re- it was becoming real. And I've had a conversation since then a couple of times with my drummer and he has friends that play bass and they put some bass tracks on there. I'll play again. I'll play a song after the end of this, like I did last week. And thank you. I got some nice emails and think, oh, those are really cool songs that new. And uh, anyways, and so it's becoming this kind of real thing and it's, it's, it's exciting, but it's a little bit scary. Like it's a little like, but I'm 52, I can't record it. You know, like those are the, those are the things in my head. It's the weirdest damn thing. And I, I think cause I was so deep in the weeds and in, in a good way back in the day, I mean, it is what I was consumed with. That's what I did. I mean, it was consuming what it was much in the same way that the work I do now is all consuming. But I think relaxing the constraints and, and allowing multiple parts of my life to exist in that way is only a good thing. And it's not like I don't do that already. It's not like I say I can't have a family because I am a small steps coach. I mean, there are <clears throat> multiple things I do, but I think that music has a, it inhabits a different reality for me because it was a thing, like it was a job and it was a, a passion and it was so much of my life back then that to now allow it back in, in a way that is definitely smaller, of course, but to allow it in a way that is still substantial and profound and real is a kind of a cool experience. And I guess the reason I wanted to talk about it this week or this episode, because I don't do this weekly, it seems to be. And the title of this episode is musician, not in name only. You guys have heard like, he's a rhino, Republican name only and Democrat, Democrat name only. I think it's a bunch of bullshit, whatever. But musician not a name only that we can either just do away with the whole business of defining 
because it gets in the way of doing what we love, you know, for me to go like, well, I'm not a musician, so I can't do music is again, ridiculous. It can, we can just get away with it. Or we can say, we can be defined <clears throat> in multiple ways. We can be defined by even something that lays on top of the individual things we do and say, I'm somebody who does multiple things. That's who I am. I'm somebody who has different interests and does these things in differing amounts. Or I'm a musician and I'm a small steps coach and I'm a race director and I'm a et cetera, et cetera. Of course, father, my husband, all those kinds of things. We can get deep in the weeds and mired in this definition kind of world. And that can really prevent us from branching out and from exploration and adventure. Or we can just say, yeah, fuck, I define myself by all sorts of things that I do because I actually do those things. But you're allowed to do whatever you want to do in terms of work. We're, we're in a sense, the definitions, if there's, if there's a, a world where defining exists, perhaps that's in somebody else's business. Like that's everybody's business, but yours. The work is only your business and nobody else's business. But defining who you are, perhaps it's good to look and say, well, that's up to somebody else. Like somebody else can say who I am. I don't really give a crap. I know that I do these things. I know that I create music and I know that I, you know, I'm a small steps coach and I know that I'm a father and a parent and a race director. I know I do the work of those things. I direct a race. That's the work of it. But if somebody's more going to define me and say, well, this is what you are, who you are, that's somebody else's business has nothing to do with me. And every second we waste trying to figure out what label we are or what hat we wear is in most cases, I find it a distraction. I think it gets in the way. Like I said, it's a distraction. And if there exists a definition, it is in the actual work we produce. It is in the thing that we put in the world. And what that, what box that fits in has, has really has no bearing on anything. It's not even, it's just language in that sense. It's just a word that we put on top of something. And that's fine. We need to make sense of things and people maybe need to make sense of somebody else and go, what's that guy do? Oh, he's at this and this and that. I don't know, whatever that is for them. But I found it interesting as I was getting this into kind of a real situation where I thought, well, that, what does this do? What does this, do? What, is, what does this say about who I am? And it says nothing about who I am. It just only says, it's another thing that I'm going to do. I wish I could write a better song One that would make you love me One that would make you want to stay Wish I could write a better song
one that makes me strong enough to kneel down. One that makes you hear this longing sound. Would make you love.